attention with your eyes on me The trouble with the truth is it's so hard to believe Now here I stand with my heart on my sleeve And I've been trying to be everything I think you want me to be I've been doing all the things that I think morning. My name is William Weller and I use he him pronouns. I am not a member of your board of trustees, but I am but I am a member of the youth group and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we reside as unwelcome invaders, conquerors, and colonizers. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help to keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining worship this morning. We encourage you to fill out the visitor's form in the lobby or online to connect with others in the virtual or in-person social hour after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending worship in our sanctuary at Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. Before we start, we have a couple announcements real quick. First, a reminder that UUCC's LGBTQ affinity group will meet at the Robinson Nature Center today at 1 p.m. to hang out and explore the Nature Center together. Come and visit your friends of Seasoned Souls this Thursday from 12 to 1 p.m. for a bring your own lunch and informal conversation in Sanctuary A with congregants and staff. All are welcome. The One World Coffee House invites you to experience the blues slash root slash funk eclectic group of Honestly Soul next Saturday, March 18th, 7 p.m. in our grand listening room. The tech team is now queuing up a sample clip of their music so you know what you're getting into. Give me love. Life and soul You gave me the water That I would not hold But you could now And it's too late True. 
The word as a portion of the proceeds supports our minister's discretionary fund to help people in need. If you're planning to participate in the Boston trip this April, a reminder that the deadline for sign-up is tomorrow. We have full trip info on UCC's website or in this past Friday's Tapestry EE newsletter. And finally, pledge parties continue through Saturday, April 1st. All in our UUCC community are invited and encouraged to attend a party, which are all hosted at homes of UUCC members. Sign up today for next Saturday's tea party with Jim Johnston and Dory Chattel, or next Sunday's meal with Colette and Lee Gelwicks with black bean soup and snacks provided. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Tegan Vroma-Glocklin, and my pronouns are she and her. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia, otherwise known as UUCC. If you are a guest or newcomer, we are especially glad that you are here. We encourage you to stay with us during coffee hour after the service and fill out the visitor forms so that we can connect with you. You can find the order of service using the QR code on the screen or on the UUCC website. There are also a few printed copies in the back of the sanctuary. There's a special children's order of service today too, so raise your hand if you need one. For those who would like a hearing assist device, they are available in the back of the sanctuary from the, tech, from the team in the tech booth. We will be honoring community members' personal joys and sorrows in today's service. You may email yours to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net, or if you are in person today, you may write yours in the book in the back of the sanctuary. I would like to welcome you to Why Are You Use, Why Are You You service. When we are young, our parents make a lot of decisions for us, where we go, how we dress, what we do. As we grow up, lots of these traditions and habits stay with us because it is what has always been done. Today, we would like to show you how important it is to question why we do the things that we do. Everything we do is a choice, from brushing our teeth to coming to church on Sundays. If we don't examine our habits, they become tedious and annoying. We can feel stuck. Today, you'll hear your congregation's youth reflect on their own traditions, habits, relationships, and choices. We're inviting children to stay in the sanctuary. There are coloring sheets and fidget toys in the left side of the sanctuary for anyone who would like to use them during service. Um, throughout, throughout our service, you may notice pictures being displayed behind us. These are of numerous YRUU members doing odd jobs for our community. Besides building connection with each other, odd jobs also serve as a fundraiser for our annual trip to West Virginia, which you will hear more about later. If you would like to learn more about odd jobs, you can talk to any of the youth you see in our service. Additionally, if you are a parent and looking for some extra Easter magic this year, come see me or Hallie after the service. 
As you listen to today's service, we are inviting and challenging you to question why you choose to do what you do. You might just come out the other end with a greater appreciation for your time. And now Kylie will ring the bell to call us to worship. According to the UUA, Australian artist Hans Deutsch first brought together the chalice and the flame as a Unitarian symbol during his work with the Unitarian Service Committee during World War II. To Deutsch, the image had connotations of sacrifice and love. But to many others, it can also symbolize the light of reason, the warmth of community, and the flame of hope. For some of us, it serves as a symbol of tradition and connection. Although we may not see all the UUs of the world, it can be comforting to know we all share this flaming chalice. Many of us light chalices in times of triumph, struggle, or when we want to feel more connected to the world and to each other. This morning for our chalice lighting, I am reading a poem titled, Sometimes, by David White. Sometimes, if you move carefully through the forest, breathing like the ones in the old stories, who could cross a shimmering bed of leaves without a sound, you come to a place whose only task is to trouble you with tiny but frightening requests, conceived out of nowhere, but in this place beginning to lead everywhere. Requests to stop what you are doing right now and to stop what you are becoming while you do it. Questions that can unmake a life, can unmake or unmake a life. Questions that have patiently waited for you. Questions that have no right to go away. Hello, my name is Sophia Eddington and my pronouns are she, he, they. At this point in our service, we typically say our congregational covenant together. Before we do so today, I invite you to think about why we have a covenant. Consider these words from Kathy McGowan. As Unitarian Universalists, we hold our relationships at the center of our faith tradition. Because of this, how we are together is more sacred. Our promises of how we are going to be are held above our covenants, are held in our covenants, sorry. Our covenants are aspirations of how we are going to make ourselves and the world a better place. The value of creating and stating covenants is that they help, they help us to stay on our aspirational path. They remind us of things that we hold most holy. They help us to understand when we are out of covenant, it is our responsibility to come yet again back into right relationship. This is how we teach Unitarian Universalism. How we are together is the faith we live and therefore the faith we teach others. Because we are human, because, because we are human, we make, break, and remake our covenants, which is why it is important to pay attention. Please stand now and speak with me the words of our Congregational Covenant. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. Please stay standing so we can sing together hymn number 128, For All That Is Our Life.
invite any children or anyone with a childlike soul to come sit with us up front at the sanctuary. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Question Kid. Um, would all of you like to take a question airplane? And be careful not to crush it. All right. Ooh. Ooh. I made the perfect number. All right. Now, today I have a very important question for you all. What is a question? Do we have any ideas? Yeah? It's something you ask to make sure you have the right information. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the question, what is a question, can be really complicated, even though we understand what a question is inherently, but we don't really think about what it is, you know? Um, so I have been sent from um, the team, the superhero team, the Questioners. Um, and I am looking for new curious recruits for the Questioners. Um, and by the looks of you all, you seem like you may be the perfect fit. Um, but I will need to ask you guys a few questions first, just to make sure, you know? So, <clears throat> how do you guys come up with your questions? Any ideas? Yeah, absolutely. You, just, you don't understand something and you want to know. Um, do you think asking questions is important? <laughs> um, have you ever seen a full moon before? Um, has asking a question ever helped you? Yep. Any examples? No? Oh, yes, again. Uh, questioning has helped me build our service today. Oh, <laughs> so true. I know sometimes I ask a question of, hey, mom, can I please have this? And she'll sometimes say yes. Those are the best moments. Um, do you guys like asking questions? Nice. All right. So now, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Guys, I haven't been asked a question in way too long. Oh, 
See, our power comes from asking questions and being asked questions. Um, and I haven't been asked a question so long. Can you guys help me out, team? Um, I'm going to need you all to throw your question airplanes at me while asking as many questions as you can possibly think of. All right, can you guys do that for me? When I say go, ready? Go! Whoa. I feel so much better, but you know, I think this would be a lot better if the adults could join in. I think that would give me just enough energy. All right, when I say go, ready? Go! <laughs> All right, what was this? Okay, I think that's enough. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, um, so I need to get back to headquarters, but before I go, I have a question for all of you guys. Will you promise to join the questioners and continue asking the what's, why's, and how's of the world? Yes. yes. All right, all right, team, go out there and represent. All right, say it with me. The questioners! We'd like to invite you My name is Olivia, my pronouns are she, her. My grandma and I are 67 years apart in age. That doesn't leave us with too much in common other than roughly 25% of my DNA. She also lives in Michigan, and while I lived the first seven years of my life close by in Ohio, the following 10 years of my life have been spent between California, Texas, and obviously Maryland. Between age and geographical distances, we are not very close. I love her, but I have never really had a conversation with her that was much past small talk or about whatever drama my cousins are getting themselves into this time. <laughs> One aspect of her life that I do know about is her faith. For as long as I can remember, I've known that my grandma goes to church every week so that she has the opportunity to get dressed up and spend time with her friends, not really to become closer with God or strengthen her relationship with Jesus. As an atheist myself, I've never had an issue with how she spends her Sunday mornings, other than the times that I was forced to attend a boring service and then do a Bible-themed craft at her church's Sunday school. I had, less <laughs> I had less patience for her faith or lack thereof when I was younger, showcased clearly by the time when I was five years old, I walked up to her and I confidently asked her, you know God isn't real, right, Grandma? I would not be surprised if she wrote me out of her will for that one. <laughs> In December, my grandma made the trip over here to attend my sister's ballet performance. As my grandma gets older, our dynamic has shifted from baby and babysitter to grandma and grandma sitter. So since my sister was busy with ballet rehearsals and my parents were busy chauffeuring her to and from said rehearsals, it fell to me to entertain my grandma while she was in town. We played board games like we always do, watched movies, and just sat in the living room together and read. We found ourselves alone one night while my sister rehearsed, my mom sat in the parking lot of the ballet studio, and my dad was at work. I told her about how my friends had talked me, a strict atheist, into attending a religious youth group every week, and how, even though I was initially hesitant, I was enjoying it more than I expected to. If you don't know, in youth group, we spend the first few minutes just chatting and hanging out, and then we go around and do check-ins, where we take turns speaking about the last week of our lives and any good or bad things that have happened to us since the last time we saw each other. 
I find it very helpful to have the ritual of check-ins, and I appreciate the opportunity to brag about an accomplishment or complain about something that's been bothering me. After check-ins, we'll discuss deeper issues, events coming up, or we'll just goof off more, frankly, most of the time. We have delved into some very serious topics, and I have found it very inspiring to see how the YRUU members support each other and offer advice in difficult situations. It's a lovely group of teens and a few adults, and I am and I was and am very happy to have joined. I've even formed some very close friendships through the youth group, some of the first close friends I've made since I moved to Maryland in mid-2020. I was telling my grandma about how we had sorted donations for the elementary school and how much fun we'd had. I was a Girl Scout for 10 years previously, and I was really missing the organized, team-based volunteer work that scouting offered. I told her how nice it was to be helping the community again and how great everyone was at YRUU. It was then that I realized that all of my life, she'd been going to church for the same reason that I now was. She told me how she loves to be able to see her friends and the routine and ritual of a service. I found out that she considered herself agnostic, even though she'd gone to church every week since the 70s. All three of her children were married in churches. My mom has countless stories about going to church as a child, but not just services, ice cream socials, Sunday school, Bible school, singing in the choir, youth groups, charity outreach, more. When he passed, my grandmother felt very strongly that my grandfather should have his ashes scattered in the memorial garden at their church. I had just assumed that for all her involvement in the church over the years, it must mean that she believed wholeheartedly in the Christian God, but I was wrong. All of the years of stories about my family's church finally clicked into place, and I realized that we were one and the same, at least in that regard. We both come every Sunday to dress cute, to talk with our friends, but also to be supported by our community, volunteer with our congregation, and to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I was kind of awestruck by the conversation we were having. For once, we weren't talking about the weather or school or what my cousins were screwing up in their lives. We were bonding over a shared mindset and belief that we both held, what got us out of bed in the mornings every Sunday, even when it's an hour earlier than usual. <laughs> At that moment, I felt the 67 years and 600 miles of distance between us melt away as we understood each other more deeply. My name is Jonathan, my pronouns are he, him, and I would like to start with a question for you all. How many of you were at UUCC four years ago? So raise your hand if you were. There's a lot of you. Now, how many of you remember the Quest Youth Service in May four years ago? If you were there, you may remember me. If not, I'll explain. <laughs> Quest is a coming-of-age preparation class uh, participants work on examining themselves on a deeper level, personally, ethically, morally, spiritually, and religiously, to discover what it is that helped make them who they are and what they want to do and be as they grow into adulthood. adulthood. The capstone of that class is writing a credo, a statement of your core beliefs and principles and intentions for integrating them into your life. Now, four years ago, almost through my first year of high school, I was in that class writing my credo. Now, four years later, I'm almost through my first year at college, and I'd like to look back at who I was and how I've grown to see what made me, me. In my credo, I talked about what I was doing in my life, who helped me get there, and what I wanted to do in the future. At UUCC, I was in the Quest class. I was an assistant for some religious education classes during service, and I was the piano accompanist for the Chalice Lights, our children's choir. I went to Oakland Mills High School and was about to finish my first year with straight A's. At school, I was also starting an engineering program called Project Lead the Way, and I was interested in becoming a mechanical engineer. 
I played volleyball at a recreational level, and I was training for my first degree black belt in Taekwondo at Wild Lake Karate. I enjoyed writing and had many competitions with my friends, and I liked rock climbing too. At that time, I had been playing piano for nine years, and my credo reflected a lot about how my teacher, Miss Helen Weems, had been such an amazing influence on my life. I brought up how I was Jewish and how I celebrated the holidays and traditions. While working on this current speech about what made me, me, I appreciated looking back to what I used to do, and I saw how it affected my current life, because now, four years later, I am still active in all of those things and more. At UCC, I am in the YRUU community. I recently interviewed to join the nominating committee, and I'm hoping to meet with Dr. Michael Adcock about bringing the chalice lights in the future, bringing the children's choir back. I go to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and have finished two semesters with straight A's. I'm working on my third right now. <laughs> I'm not majoring in mechanical engineering. The straight A's wouldn't happen if I were. <laughs> But the Project Lead the Way classes absolutely helped with what I am majoring in. In my senior year of high school, my capstone project for those classes was basically be an engineer. Simply put, I had to find a problem, prove it was a problem, and fix it. I decided to fix the school's current hall pass system. And I'll save you all the long spiel, but I taught myself how to code and ended up winning first place in Howard County. I saw how much I loved programming and how I did not love calculus and physics. <laughs> So I decided to major in something more software-related. Now I'm working on a bachelor's degree in computer information systems with minors in computer science and entrepreneurship. I will never forget my teacher for those high school engineering classes, Mr. Yarn. I had him every year of high school, and I learned so much. He's the one who told me about asking for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> I also still do Taekwondo, and my first-degree black belt test went well. It was one of the hardest things I've done in my life, but it was absolutely worth it. And continuing that path is possibly the best thing I've ever done. Now I'm a second degree black belt, and I train at a Taekwondo club at my college, UMBC. I actually participated in my first tournament just two weeks ago. Throughout the rest of high school, though, I stayed at Wild Lake Karate to continue training and teaching. During COVID, I taught online classes, and when the quarantine ended, I was there from two to seven almost every day after school. During the summer, I even worked 50, 55 hours a week, and I very much enjoyed it. Spending all of that time working on myself and helping those around me made me a much better person. I learned how to teach people of varying skills and maturities. I was able to work on the idea that there is a time and a place for everything and that you should keep those lines firm. And obviously, it kept me active. In total, I spent 13 years at Wild Lake Karate and probably tens of thousands of hours learning, teaching, and growing into a better person. Another thing that easily continued through high school is piano. I graduated Miss Helen's piano studio with 14 years of piano playing and countless concerts, recitals, and competitions. Now at UMBC, I'm taking private lessons with Dr. Audrey Andrist, and my playing has improved greatly. She even helped me with the pieces I'll be playing here later today. I said this in my credo, but I want to mention it again. Miss Helen is one of the best people I have met. Knowing her for my entire childhood has certainly had a positive impact on who I am now. I am, very, I am a very organized person. I like to write everything down. I like to keep things to a schedule. And most of all, I like, to planning. I like planning what will happen. Even if it's not necessary, I think it is better to plan it than not. 
Miss Helen is also incredibly organized and I learned a lot from her work ethic. I remember seeing her write in her notebook with possibly every de a detail about every student for every lesson and performance they've ever had. And while I prefer to type things in a Google document, I like to think that I have the same. Also, she speaks French, which was very helpful when I was learning French in high school. And finally, one of the last things I brought up in my credo was me being Jewish. My Jewish experiences are probably the thing I'm the most surprised about. Throughout high school, this part of me did not change very much. Sure, I thought and learned about different religions, continued to believe God was not real, and decided to celebrate the Jewish holidays out of respect instead of faith, but that wasn't anything new. Now, though, I am a part of a wonderful organization called the Chabad on campus. It is something much bigger worldwide, I'm sure, but to me, it is a large group of Jewish college students who all know each other and work together to celebrate Judaism with the help of our wonderful Rabbi Dovid. A majority of my college friends I met in the Chabad, and the majority of my trips and experience have happened with Chabad as well. This has hugely influenced my beliefs, and while I still do not believe in God, I know much more about the Jewish culture, and I am able to have astounding conversations about both religion, science, and how they can interact with people that understand my Jewish background, yet still have the same respect for scientific research. In high school, I did have a handful of Jewish friends, but I was always the most Jewish of them. Now, of course, you can't be more Jewish than another Jew, but I was the most experienced and knowledgeable in the culture and the language. But now, being around people that grew up um, in synagogue, both Jewish parents, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, people that genuinely grew up Jewish has definitely made me better today about what it is to be Jewish. Honestly, reading, rereading my credo from four years ago and thinking about what I do now was a good experience. There are many things I never really thought about that truly did help me make, make me who I am today. And maybe once I graduate college, I will come back and write about how much I've grown again. Regardless, I fully recommend you all think about yourself, your past, and enjoy figuring out what made you, you. Good morning. My name is Rose Spezio, and my pronouns are she and her. It is a tradition at UUCC to give away the offering when we collect every second Sunday of each month to an organization that does work in alignment with our values beyond our walls. Today is the second Sunday of March. Half the offerings you will give today will go to the organization Big Creek People in Action, or BCPIA, in the McDowell County, West Virginia. And the other half will go towards the annual youth service, pro youth service trip during which we participate in BCPIA's um, volunteer services and housing rehab. As a group, going to West Virginia was an experience for us youth to grow as individuals through doing some good for people who needed it. Uh, Big Creek People in Action was already an established organization that the church has already had a long-standing relationship with. Having to go away with us got us out of our comfort zones and patterns that we already knew. West Virginia was a region that's economy relied heavily on coal, but over the last 70 years, over 90% of the jobs in the coal industry have disappeared. West Virginia has the sixth highest poverty rate in the country that leads to housing insecurity for many residents. Big Creek People in Action is an organization created to help the community as part of the community, as part of the community that is better equipped to assess local needs. To go, going as a group allowed us to bond with our peers and work together for a common goal. 
Personally, for me, it was an eye-opener to see people who were so resilient in the face of so many challenges and witnessing the beauty of the mountains and the nature around us. It is easy to see how the trip benefited us all and changed us for the better. Team bonding, beautiful new places, helping out, etc. But the fact is, this is a local. The fact that this is a local organization deeply involved with the community, and we were working on projects that actually needed to get done, and was a crucial buy-in for our trip to be a success. As Jonathan offers the gift of music, you are invited to place your donation to the Big Creek People in Action and our service trip in the basket in the back of the sanctuary. You can also give online by following the instructions on the screen. Thank you for your generosity and support. My name is Hallie, and my pronouns are she, they. I am me because of the people around me. Each person I interact with adds a new layer to the person I am. My parents have supported me always, encouraging me to be my best self. 
I learned from them and have tried to always be a supportive person to the people around me. My sibling has made me understand what it's like to be an introvert and truly not care about being a people pleaser. If you don't know me, that's the exact opposite of who I am. <laughs> my two best friends encourage me to work harder and have allowed me to truly embrace myself. My old friends, on the other hand, have taught me how to work through arguments, but also cut ties when you're being hurt too much. My friends who live out of state have forced me to, maintain, to learn how to maintain friendships when we can't see each other every day. All of you here have helped me explore my spirituality and in a free and open way with no judgment. Every person leaves a mark on who I am. No one is able to be a part of my life without shaping a part of who I am and who I will continue to be. This is a value of mine, to always keep learning and evolving as a person. My interactions with new people on a daily basis serve to help this goal. Even just walking past a new person on the street, whether they smile back or not, wave, maybe I see them pick up a flower and hand it to the person who they're walking with. Each of those things makes me me. All of these things leave a different impression. A smile back brightens my day and makes me feel appreciated. For the rest of the day, I can hope that I can be that person for someone else. I consciously remind myself to smile at, to smile at others and even wave sometimes. I now always try to smile at the people I walk past. The wave, on the other hand, that's a new level. Even if it's a person I've never met before, a wave makes me feel comfortable even though as by a friend. Even if the wave is only because they thought I was someone else, it still makes me want to reach out and tell the people in my life that I love them. This small movement of a hand changes my mindset for the rest of the day. If I see an act of kindness, like the picking of a flower, this action encourages me to do the same and perform an act of kindness for someone else throughout my day. Each of these things are moments that I can pinpoint happening to me. They have made a significant enough impact that I can remember them occurring, which makes me think about how I can make someone else feel the same joy that I felt in those moments. Another part of myself are the little things, the things that I have picked up from people around me, like nicknames and specific word choice and conversation. There are, but there are also more significant things, like always saying goodnight to everyone in the house before going to bed. This allows for everyone to be noticed and makes me feel, to feel cared about each time someone says it, even if they're yelling across the house or barging into my room. <laughs> this part of me is so ingrained that I feel like it's bad luck if I don't say goodnight to everyone. I do the same ritual if I'm at a sleepover or out of town or at sleepaway camp. These seemingly unimportant moments in my day impact me as a person and also impact the people around me. As I am created by those in my environment, they are also created. My nicknames for my best friends spread to our classmates. My goodnight ritual spreads to my peers. The smile from a stranger travels through an infinite amount of people. It's a cycle in which everyone is connected and forever created. My name is Amelia Sorensen and my pronouns are she, they. When I was in third grade, I was not an avid churchgoer. I was not raised religiously, nor were my parents. And one day, this came up at school, and a kid told me, if you don't go to church, you're going to hell. This struck fear into me. I was an eight-year-old who had just been told that the way I was living was wrong. So as any kid would, I went home and told my mom. She had heard me come home and ask questions about spirituality before, so she decided that she would give me a place to learn about it so I could form my own beliefs. 
I remember, oh, sorry. Um, and through her research, she found UUCC. So a couple weeks later, we attended our first service. I remember going downstairs to class and meeting new people and feeling welcomed into this new and what was a strange environment for me. We never stopped coming back. It's been six years of finding my place in this congregation and I have loved every minute of it. From the experiences and knowledge I've gained from OWL classes, getting to be in the Christmas pageants every year, to the opportunity to teach and spend time with the kids and serving as a worship associate. This community has given me so much and I am so glad that this was the church my mom landed on. The community in this congregation is definitely a strong one. We all love and accept each other no matter who we are or where we come from or what we believe in. And we help each other from simply lighting the chalice during service to going out and doing odd jobs. And as our community continues to grow and I see new young faces every day, I want to remind you that you are all loved and welcomed into this space. We will support you in everything you do, but we'll also tell you if you need to fix something. <laughs> now, about a month ago, we did an activity in Quest where we looked at a list of values and decided which ones were the most important to us. My list consisted of balance, community, growth, justice, and love. And I cannot help but think that that is what UCC has given me. They have given me balance in my spiritual life. They helped me to reconnect with my Jewish roots and taught me to balance school and personal things. They have given me a community with the people that I spend time with every week. They have helped me to grow in all aspects of my life. They have taught me to fight for what I believe in and to fight for justice for all people. They have taught me to love, to love everyone and everything. UUCC has made me the person I am today. Uh, my name is Lucas Eaton, pronouns he, him. Everyone from Mark Twain to Forbes to even the Brazilian Journal of Cardiovascular Surgery seems to agree that asking questions is important. It is the focus of the 6th and 7th grade RE curriculum in this congregation. And right from uColumbia.net, this year will help participants sort out their feelings about themselves and their world as they do the difficult work of starting to create their adult selves, help them discover what they believe about life's big questions, etc., etc. And just like almost anyone can agree that asking questions is important, almost everyone probably has an idea on why. Without asking questions, nothing ever changes, for better or for worse. Though, of course, there are more questions asked every day of our lives than those we ask on our... There are more questions asked... Hold on a second. <laughs> Though, of course, there are more questions asked every day of our lives than those we ask on our search for truth and meaning. We would... It was deleted. Okay. Okay, so one of the major questions that we ask like, uh, in this congregation is on our search for truth and meaning. Though, of course, there are more questions asked every day of our lives than those we ask on our search for truth and meaning. We would not be in the state humanity currently is in if people had not asked questions. Looking back just a few decades for one specific example, if nobody had been asking questions, we would all still be breathing in leaded gasoline. Other questions like how to make a sharp rock, how to grow food instead of gathering from the wild, how to use the shiny stuff we found in that swamp. How much stuff can we do with boiling water? To, is killing wrong? Is there a higher power? Is there a free will? As much as the idea of not having to make decisions and simply being told what you, what you can and should do by other people or decisions simply being predetermined by fate may appeal to some people, asking yourself questions and making decisions is just a fact of existence. 
That alone should be enough to prove that asking questions is important, though it is not the kind of question that is normally asked in this congregation. A core part of Unitarian Universalism is the freedom responsible search for truth and meaning. And the only way to search for those things is by asking questions. And it is unlikely to come across truth and meaning on accident. Of course, asking yourself what you believe, and if you don't know, asking yourself where you can find that information. And if you don't know how to do that, it requires asking people who know how to find where you can find that information. And if you don't know how to do that, it requires asking people who know how to find that information. And if you don't know how, where to find others to ask, then ask other people how to find those people. Or use the internet. And when you can find a person or group on, with ideas on truth and meaning, you need to analyze them. Are they compatible with your pre-existing beliefs? If you don't have pre-existing beliefs, then do you feel connection to these new ideas? Would you consider the other people that believe in the ideas to be the kind of people you want to associate with? The kind of, the kind of people you can trust? That is a convoluted, runaway way of saying that without asking questions, you'll most likely not find truth and meaning. And without asking questions to those trying to sell you their ideas of truth and meaning, you could end up sending money to the Church of Scientology. <laughs> the need to ask questions can be seen in many of the previous reflections, too. Olivia's reflection, where we're reminded that asking questions sometimes gives us a chance to connect with people we did not think we had anything in common with. Jonathan, four years ago for his credo service, had to ask himself who he was, and now he's asked himself who he has changed since then, and has learned that he has very much enjoyed looking back at himself in that context. Amelia, being very young at the time, she was told she was going to go to hell, did not ask questions of that person's truth and meaning. However, her mother asked those questions for her and found a place that fit. If Hallie didn't ask herself questions of who she wanted to be and who she wanted to be around, she would be a very different person from who she is today. As we move onward and forward in life, let us never forget to ask ourselves, why are you you? Why do you do what you do? Perhaps by asking these questions, we can build a more connected, thoughtful, and intentional future together. The practice of sharing our joys and sorrows is custom in our congregation where one can publicly and openly share a significant, meaningful event that has deeply touched their lives. As I read the joys and sorrows, we will listen deeply and lovingly. We are made mindful of the sacredness of the ritual when we cast a stone in the bowl of communal water. The ripples it forms symbolizes how our lives touch one another. as we drop one final stone into the bowl for all that is unsaid but deeply felt in our hearts. I'd like to invite you into a place of prayer and meditation. During the music meditation that follows, those of you who are in the sanctuary are welcome to come up and drop a stone silently. The following is a pagan retelling of the prayer of St. Francis of Assai by H.P. Rivers. Goddess, Make me an instrument of peace. Where there is hatred, let me know love. Where there is injury, healing. Where there is doubt, 
reassurance. Where there is challenge, compassion. Where there is pain, rest. O Divine Mother, grant that I may not so much seek to control as to co-create, to be understood as to understand myself, to be admired as to be seen. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in questioning that we find answers, and it is in honoring ourselves that we live to our highest good. Amen. Blessed be.
please stand with me as you are able in body or in spirit as we sing together hymn 354. We laugh, we cry. joining us for Why Are You Use, Why Are you, ser you, you Service. We hope you take the time to reflect deeply on why you do the things you do. And maybe you'll be able to connect with somebody else over the, those whys at coffee hour. We close the service today with these words by Rainer Marie Rillick from Letters to a Young Poet. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to question the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Amen, blessed be.